Hey everyone, welcome in to another segment of Real Sports Talk. Hope you're all having a nice day. Want to recap week three of the NFL season as we saw some really interesting games, close games, one score possession games. And so, you know, we're getting some good football uh, in the early stages of this NFL season. And hopefully it will continue as we get into the colder months, obviously. And hopefully everything goes well with safety of the players and testing and all those things. Uh, those are the most important things, obviously, first. But we were treated with a lot of good games yesterday. I have to give the Buffalo Bills credit. They wasn't pretty how they did it at the end. But they got the win. As for most of the game against the LA Rams, uh, they really dominated the Rams uh, before almost ge- being, uh, you know, beat by the, you know, it was a very interesting game. The Rams came back, they almost overcame a 25-point deficit in this game, and they had a lead, and then you saw a possession uh, by the Bills late and Josh Allen being able to get a pass interference call, which the Rams contest was not a fair call to make. It didn't seem like it should have been called, but contact was made, and so they called that uh, pass interference call, which gave Josh Allen the ability to throw and get the game-winning score. You know, so the Bills mostly love Josh Allen. His play was really good in this game for the most part, and he had a total of five touchdowns, I think four on passing and one on the ground. And so the Rams, I mean, they, they show that they can play well. This is about an undefeated team, so, you know, overall, good back and forth game. I would say that the Rams could have won this game if they were able to score earlier more, but the, the Bills' defense deserves credit in the first half, the second half, it was more about Josh Allen kind of taking them home and getting them the victory. And so, you know, the Bills are in a good spot, obviously. One game clear of New England. And we know that that division is going to come down to those two teams uh, if anything else other changes. We saw a tie between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I gotta say, I don't like ties. I don't think anybody likes a tie in a game. It just does not sit well with a team. You know, you work and play so many minutes in a game and then you end up in a tie. It just, you know, the NFL's gotta consider something else. I mean, sure, both teams had opportunities and both teams should executed better, but, you know, just the ability of having a game being decided in a tie and no definitive winner where both teams played pretty well but I gotta say Carson Wentz and the Eagles I mean Wentz did not play well yes he had that game winning drive or that game tying drive at the end but the Eagles overall they just don't look like themselves their defense is not apparent I don't see a pass rush there and I don't even like, I don't even like the Eagles either first of all I absolutely hate the Eagles, but 
there are some guys that you root for on a team and Carson Wentz was paid a lot of money and he's supposed to be better than this and he's just regressing. He's really regressing. Um, Joe Burrow looked good at times. Other times he missed some throws here and there. But he seemed to have it going and it's a good sign for the Bengals that he's playing and he's talking the way he's talking. He's got a lot of, you know, pride and confidence in himself. And so you'd love to see that in a quarterback. And Carson Wentz right now, there's, there seems to be a disconnect between him and, and Doug Peterson. Or it seems like his team is just not buying into him as much. And, you know, he was playing really, really well uh, when, you know, he didn't have all the weapons last year. Getting them, getting them to a playoff game and an opportunity, and it just seems like everybody's back this year, and nothing seems to be going right for Carson Wentz. As yes, he has some good performances, and he did pick up this team and get them going. But you're better than this, obviously. Cincinnati is a rebuilding team with a young group of guys. Uh, you've got to be able to to, to win this game. You know, this game ending in a tie just, just shows that you you weren't really prepared. And, and what really did it in for the, for the Eagles was they were undisciplined. They had two penalties that knocked them out of field goal opportunity late in this game. And so this team is not playing. They're not following their quarterback as well. Doug Pearson is saying everything is fine. Carson Wentz is good. Or, you know, there's no Jalen Hurts talk, but... I mean, your own two and one. Obviously, this is the NFC East, and every team pretty much lost <laughs> on Sunday in the NFC East. So this division is still up for grabs. But you gotta see signs of something from Carson Wentz. He's gotta cut down on the turnovers and start doing a better job of producing because he has some weapons. He has some guys who can, you know, get open, get separation, and inaccurate throws happen a lot throughout the game but against this Bengals team you gotta do better you gotta do much much better if Cleveland could score 30 some points you know why can't you so the Eagles have a lot of things to figure out I think that they need to find a way to get Carson Wentz going the right direction because he's just not playing as well as he should be and it just maybe going back to going back to basics. Maybe trying to run some of these RPOs that've been talked about a lot. Uh, that might be a good thing for him to do. You know, they've got to try to mix it up, get some guys in some situations to take some pressure off, and they got to do that pretty quickly, or else the Eagles are going to be uh, in, in trouble uh, going forward. Another notable game yesterday. Uh, took place between the Houston Texans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And pretty much in that game, the takeaway is that Bill O'Brien and the Texans are, they're in trouble. And it's not so much Deshaun Watson's fault. It's more of Bill O'Brien thinking that this group doesn't need, you know, a top kind of receiver. He's thinking that, oh, I can win with Will Fuller. And I can win with these guys that are not so, 
you know, paid the top of the lot of money, and they, you know, we have young guys, and we have David Johnson. Well, it didn't really matter because they didn't get enough production from their receivers, as usual. Through the first three games, you have not seen that consistent kind of level of production. Now, Fuller obviously can play. Other guys, guys can play. But what I, what I mean by this is that you don't have a true difference maker on that team. It other than Deshaun Watson. And if you want Deshaun Watson to be your starting quarterback and to be healthy, you know, you can't have him running all over the place, trying to extend plays and get hit late. He can do so much with his arm and so much with his legs, but it comes down to execution and receivers stepping up. And I don't see that from the Houston Texans. I don't see it enough to the point where they have a chance. Yes, they're in the AFC South, and the division is always interesting, always mid-season, but Bill O'Brien is looking bad right now. The things that he gave up, whatever he's been trying to do. I mean, look at DeAndre Hopkins. Even in a loss against the Lions, he had 10 catches for 140-some yards. Yards after the catch. And with the Texans, I don't see that. Against Pittsburgh, they really couldn't do that as well. They had a chance, couldn't execute. And Deshaun Watson, I'm not going to give him much blame right now at all because he's in a tough spot. He just saw his best wide receiver be traded. They've replaced guys. They've tried to go younger, more speed. And it's just not working. And the Texans are, are, are in trouble because they don't have a way right now of getting a victory. Their defense plays well. Sometimes the defense doesn't play so well. And so Pittsburgh, you know, doing their usual thing. Ben Roethlisberger just looking like everything is back. He's doing his usual thing. And the Steelers have a good coaching structure in place, a good system in place. And I think Bill O'Brien's really got to be, you know, highlighted today because the way that he is trying to run this team and coach this team is not going to work. I really think the Texans need to let Bill O'Brien walk or let him or fire him at the end of this season. If they don't win more than four or five games. But Deshaun Watson as your quarterback should be able to be able to com- be compete in these games. And we've seen it now for three straight weeks now. Alright. Thursday night we understand it was a short kind of, you know, it's a weekday on the road. But then you have a home game against the Baltimore Ravens. And then you have a matchup here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, three teams that, yes, they are tough. They are contenders. But this is what Bill O'Brien wanted, right? He wanted the ability to get his group of guys and be able to play against these teams. And their style hasn't worked. And I think if it doesn't work soon, he may be let go early on. I really think that the ownership has to step in and really watch what happens with this team, how they're responding to Bill O'Brien, because as of this moment right now, they're not doing a good job at all, and they've got to find a way to correct that, or else Bill O'Brien won't have a job as head coach of the Houston Texans. The Tennessee Titans, um, with another close victory over the Minnesota Vikings, as Gutowski has been uh, really key for the, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they've played some really close games and they pulled it out somehow. And so they're finding ways to win. I mean, you haven't seen the best yet of Derrick Henry. 
uh, or Ryan Tannehill, although in different points of the game they were, but look at Minnesota Vikings and their defense. I mean, I'm looking at Mike Zimmer right now, and Zimmer is supposed to be such a great defensive mind, and, you know, of course not all of his defenses at fault for this loss, but, I mean, you still gave up a lot of points, and you let Tennessee get in that position to win the game. So, you know, you've got to expect better from Mike Zimmer. And the Vikings are supposed to be one of the teams to, to you know, compete with the Packers in the division. And right now, uh, they, uh, they're nowhere near close to Packers right now. And that that's appalling. Looking at how they played last season, making it to the wild card. I mean, you expected better from Kirk Cousins. You expect it better from, from Kirk Cousins. Um, we did see Jefferson get a nice catch or so in this game for a touchdown. But overall, I mean, the Vikings just don't look balanced yet. And, you know, Dalvin Cook is doing his usual thing. But he's going to have to play much better, I would say. Uh, and they got to be able to execute on third down, which they struggled a lot with yesterday. But it's a back and forth game, like I said, between the, Tex- between the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings. And the Titans just found another way to win the game. You know, the Vikings just, things are just not going their way right now. And they've got to find a way to get a win because that's what a lot of teams are trying to do right now. Another thing that uh, happened yesterday was another Atlanta Falcons collapse. Now, last week we know the Tech. Sorry, the Texans, I'm saying the Texans. <laughs> we know last week the Falcons were pretty much in control of that game against the Cowboys and they just let it slip out of their fingers with a really dumb kind of think- decision making on, on the onside kick. And you thought that, okay, tough loss, they'll respond from it. And they were up 26 to 10, I think, in this game. And they were up by a, a double digits in this game again. And somehow, against Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky, who got replaced in the third quarter after a pick, they went to Nick Foles, and Nick Foles and you know threw three touchdown passes in the second half. His connection with Allen Robinson was so much better than what we had seen from Trubisky through the first half or so. And Matt Nagy decided to make that decision, and he stuck with it as the Bears just found momentum in the second half and the Falcons' defense, uh, they, they crumbled. There's no way to put it. Matt Ryan didn't play as well as I thought he would play in the second half. I mean, he had a nice first half. They didn't have Julio Jones, obviously. They had Ridley out there um, and Hurst and the other guys there. But the Falcons just didn't have it in the second half. And, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, he's doing whatever he can, but... You know, you expect him to try to overcome this at this point in his career. And yes, the offensive coordinator changes have hurt him in some way. But Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan. And, you know, he just didn't find a way in the second half to, to get it done. He didn't find a way to get it done. And as for the Bears, I mean, Nick Foles play just like how he played with the Philadelphia Eagles when he was, you know, their championship season. Played just like that and, you know, 
their connection was really, really good. Unfortunately, I believe that uh, Tariq Cohen is done for the year with the, with an ACL injury. So the Bears did take a hit in this game, but you know somehow they're three. You no, know, now Trubisky really wasn't a big factor. I would say in those two games because those two games were, were, were pretty much easy and predictable one against the Giants and the other one I forget now what it was but pretty much they found a way to win because their defense is playing much better obviously uh, you can see Khalil Mack being able to cause more pressure the Bears look much better defensively right now compared to last season It'll be interesting to watch if they can keep it up when they play against a real opponent in the NFC. But for the most part, the Bears were just much better than the Falcons. Matt Ryan had a chance late in this game, but he was picked off in the end zone, I believe. And so, you know, a lot of things didn't go right for the Falcons. Dan Quinn, I mean... You know, he was supposed to be one of the best defensive minds when the Falcons hired him. And they've, of course, tried to draft defensive players, try to help him his scheme. But, you know, he just can't seem to coach really, really well right now. He can't seem to coach really, really well. And it's a problem. It's a problem for a lot of different reasons. For the Atlanta Falcons, who they started out bad last year and they turned it around, but we know that the owner of the Falcons is looking at this team, and the expectations are you gotta make the playoffs. And right now, the Falcons are in a bad spot. They need to find a way to get Todd Gurley featured more late in this game and going forward, because Todd Gurley needs touches. He needs to be able to get it going when the, when the game when the game gets tight and. They weren't able to do that, and, you know, Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn, you know, both could be potentially on the hot seat. More or less, not Matt Ryan, because he's at a, you know, he's at a point in his career where he can still throw away, he can still produce, but he needs a coach that can get them going, or they need a different voice, I think. If they can't turn it around... With this talent, they need Julio Jones obviously to play next week and come back, and they've got to find a way to win a game because Dan Quinn was already on a bad spot heading into this year, and things don't look good for him. And you don't want to see him lose his job, but we know about this NFL and coaching and all that. It's all about results and performance, and you know, the Falcons have underachieved since that Super Bowl loss. And so they've got to step it up and at least try to win a game and get more competitive as the season goes along. So I had mentioned before that the Detroit Lions had beat the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I had mentioned Hopkins on the Cardinals. And so uh, Cardinals uh, were upset by the Detroit Lions in this game, 26-23, as Matt Prater hit a hit a field goal attempt at the end of this game to win. And so, to pretty much sum it up, you know, Kyler Murray flashed some great things and he flashed some not so good things. And they're going to go as far as he takes them. And so, 
you know, he had three touchdowns but a couple of interceptions. And he struggled a little bit late and Matt Stafford uh, engineered a nice drive towards the end of this game. And the you know, the Detroit Lions got a win. Matt Patricia, who was already in a lot of trouble last season, a lot of pressure, obviously with all the losing and not having Matt Stafford and those things. It was nice to see Matt Patricia get a win. At least something for him to hang his hat on, but the Lions have a lot of work to do, and I don't know if another losing season will be enough for Matt Patricia to keep his job this year in the NFL. We also saw some other games take place. Uh, a notable game to mention would be uh, the evening game that took place between the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. As we saw a game that featured a lot of Wilson and Prescott really airing it out. They aired it out a lot in this game. And we saw some really good results offensively and defensively. You know, both teams are still working in progress, obviously, in the secondary. But to look at this game and how it went, pretty much, there was a good opportunity for the Cowboys to win this game. Uh, it just came down to execution and, and not getting uh, a stop when they needed to get a stop. As, you know, Wilson put for another incredible performance. Metcalf, DJ Metcalf had a, you know, huge blunder in the second quarter when he beat the Cowboys secondary on, on a, um, a, you know, a pass route. But he ended up just celebrating too early as he caught the ball and it, you know, slipped out of his hands and it was a touchback. And so he made up for that as... You know, he had the, the game-winning score with 147 left in the game as the Seahawks were down 30-31 to 31 in this game. But we know that Wilson was going to find a way to win this game as he usually does at home because he's that great of a guy. And so, you know, Metcalf had a nice 29-yard grab late in this game to win the game for the Seahawks. As for Prescott, you know, he really threw the ball out a lot. It was working early, uh, but they, they did fall behind 30-15 to 15 in this game before Dak Prescott got it going with, um, with, you know, touchdown passes and stuff. He did have a pick or two in this game, which it comes back to the Cowboys. They cannot win with turnovers. No team can win with turnovers. And, yes, some teams, some of the great teams can overcome turnovers and still win a football game, but in Dallas's case... I mean, you should be better than that. If they hadn't turned the ball over, they didn't have the mistakes they had, including a fumble by, by Prescott, you know, they might have been able to narrow the gap earlier in this game. But they were playing from behind. Give Prescott credit as he, uh, you know, engineers and come, come back touchdowns. And, you know, Elliott wasn't really as featured in the running game as much. And he had 14 carries at 34 yards. You know, Seattle seemed to do a good job of really stuffing him um, and taking away his uh, taking away his, you know, best thing that he does. Gallup had a nice game receiving-wise. And so Prescott 
had, you know, turnovers pretty much. And Russell Wilson, as far as I know, did not have a turnover in this game. And obviously Seattle trying to run the football, mix it up. They made a late stand, obviously, against the Cowboys as, you know, Prescott tried to force a throw and got picked off at the end. And so the Cowboys' defense, you know, they definitely need some help, as a lot of teams need in their secondary. But a lot of big plays were allowed to Seattle, and that's what it came down to, is that they were able to score pretty quickly, get up the field, and the pass rush came and went, to be honest, with the, with the Cowboys. And so, you know, they're 1-2, and two and... You know, Seattle continues to look really, really good in their division. And if Wilson keeps playing like this, he's going to definitely be the MVP of this year, of this football season. I think something that has to be noted is that Mike McCarthy's game management in this game was not so good because there was a chance for the Cowboys to put some points up, I believe, late in the second quarter and I think he called a timeout or something and he kind of left time basically for Seattle to kind of get an opportunity so Mike McCarthy's play calling a little bit in this game games is a little bit questionable I mean you try to feature Ezekiel Elliott more Um, that's what the recipe was that worked now obviously they're trying to do much more with the passing game but Prescott is not Aaron Rodgers. He can be Aaron Rodgers, but he's not going to be ever be Aaron Rodgers. So throwing the ball as much as they did yesterday, yes, it comes into play, but you got to have a balance. And Seattle can sometimes get away with having Wilson overcompensate and play well offensively. But their running game is there. It flashes in here. And the Cowboys with Elliott, you expect better from Elliott. You know, he had a great game, great history against Seattle Seahawks of, you know, rushing and scoring. But in this game, Seattle seemed really more committed to stopping the run, getting getting stops when they needed to get them. And Seattle has a team that's really built well to win in any kind of game. But this came down to execution for the Cowboys. They didn't really execute as well, we know, against the Rams in week one. And we know that they barely survived the Atlanta Falcons last week. And then this week, you know, Seattle just playing much better football overall from top to bottom. Never really in danger, I think, of losing this game. As Wilson was just orchestrating a lot of passes, a lot of throws. And Dallas having no answer in the secondary really cost them this game. So now that brings me to the night game that happened between the LA, not the LA, the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, This game was a duel between both quarterbacks. We know Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. And these guys just, you know played pretty well we saw Sanders featured a lot more Alvin Kamara had an incredible game had 13 uh, catches for 139 yards receiving a touchdown I think a touchdown or two in this game Uh, just looking at 
the Packers side of thing, Alan Lazard had you know, six catches for 145 yards and one touchdown. And so the game was tied at 27 at the end of the third quarter. But what ended up happening in this game, I think there was a turnover. I think Breeze may have had a fumble or something along those lines happen as they were driving down maybe early in the fourth quarter. And the Packers took advantage of that as Aaron Rodgers and that offense really did a good job of using Aaron Jones, spreading the Saints out. And the Saints defense right now is is not like it's so good. This defense has to play better. We know that they didn't play well in the playoff game against the Vikings. And it kind of continued into this season as well against the Las Vegas Raiders. And now we saw it against Green Bay Packers. So Aaron Rodgers was, you know, comfortable in the offense, doing whatever he wanted. But overall, did not see enough from from the Saints in the second half and Sean Payton and that defense and Dennis Allen they've got to find a way to get a pass rush and I don't think Aaron Rodgers was pressured a whole lot yesterday even he was he just made great throws on the run so Saints were in this game they had a chance unfortunately Breeze's protection broke down he got hit I think the ball came out it was a fumble and the Packers, this time of possession was critical in this game, and they never got the Saints, you know, they didn't give the Saints a chance after after putting up that early score and getting a touchdown after, soon after that. Um, the Packers were much much better in the second, in the fourth quarter. They, you know, they scored ten points, put the Saints in position, played from behind, and the Saints playing from behind, they're forcing a lot of throws, and so. Give credit to the Packers. They found a way to not bend and break against the Saints late in this game. And Packers are 3-0 and the Saints are 1-2. And And a lot of things that the Saints have to work on. As well, a lot of teams have to work on. As you saw across the NFL this this past Sunday. A lot of teams that I don't really want to talk about are on my nerves. I really hope they step it up and find a way to win a freaking game. And we've got to see some quarterbacks step, step up and play much better. As they haven't done a good job as of late doing that. So now I want to break down the game that's coming up tonight between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Should be an epic match between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we know these two teams could have played each other last year in the AFC game, but the Tennessee Titans ruined that obviously. So this year we're hoping that this is an early preview of that game. The Ravens' improved defense will be tested by the Chiefs' running game in this matchup, I believe, because the Chiefs, we know, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been really good for them so far, and he's going to be probably giving the ball a lot. And the Ravens, obviously, with their defense, we know they can generate pressure. They can stop the run as well. So it should be a really interesting matchup in the trenches. Lamar Jackson is 4-0 in his career in primetime games. So he has 12 touchdowns, no picks. That bodes well for him as he tries to get this team off to a good start. And, you know, obviously last year we know he had a great MVP season. And, you know, it didn't end the way that he wanted to end it. So playing against the Chiefs, Super Bowl champions, defensive Bowl champions, he's going to be up for, up for this for sure. I think that he wants to prove himself. 
Mahomes is 9-0 with 28 touchdowns in his career in the month of September. So Mahomes is, you know, he plays pretty well, obviously, early in the season. And so this will be an aerial matchup. I think it'll be a shootout in this game. And then the question is which team will generate more explosive plays? We know the Chiefs have struggled a little bit getting it going. Um, the first game they had something going, second game, you know, here and there. And, you know, now you want to see if they can uh, get those big plays down the field. That, they'll be definitely testing the Ravens secondary, which will be which will be a huge challenge. Marcus Peters will probably shadow Tyreek Hill. And the receivers of the Saints. Uh, Saints, sorry. <laughs> Uh, things are on my head today. The Baltimore Ravens receivers, Willie Sneed and Marquise Brown. These guys have to really shine tonight because Lamar Jackson is going to need to take shots down the field. That's one way you, you can beat the Chiefs. You have to hit them downfield and test their secondary with Tyron Matthew back there. And they have to take take advantage of that and see if they can really push the ball downfield because you know you can't beat the Chiefs just by hoping to hold on to the ball and time possession. It may work to a certain extent in this game because both teams can rush the football pretty well. We know Mark Ingram can. They have Gus Edwards there. And of course Lamar Jackson. And then Chiefs, Mahomes, and and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they can really do some good damage as well. So it comes down to who can really do a good job of getting the ball down the field. Running game will be important. I think... Kicking will definitely be a factor in this game, and whichever team turns the football over first, I think will be uh, in a bad position in this game. So, ball security will be important. I think this match between Mahomes and Lamar. I mean, Mahomes is two and zero against Lamar Jackson, I believe, so far in his career, and we know these two guys can run the football. They can make great throws on the run. So it's going to be an excellent game to watch. I think that we should see a back and forth game. I have the Ravens winning this game late with Justin Tucker hitting a field goal. I think it's hard to bet against Mahomes and the Chiefs, but I think that the Ravens are more prepared for this moment. They've been waiting for this moment for a while, and I think they're going to put the, put the Chiefs on notice tonight on Monday Night Football.